Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to another episode of Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fallacies and fantasies of modern day Christianity with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always is our pastor, Aaron Curran. It's good to be here. I'm tired. I'm upset right now. <laughs> Those who, who weren't here for the for the pre-show um, that you just don't understand, but just be praying for me. Peter is very tough to deal with sometimes for me, so... It's hard on me. But anyway, um, here on the podcast. Anybody today, who knows me knows that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here on the podcast today, we have back superpowers. No, oh, no, no. I like <laughs> It's over. That's his new oh nickname. Oh, my gosh. Yes, superpowers. I'm in. Uh, Pastor Adam Powers. Uh, drinking from the Sherlock mug. Good to be here, as always. Always, man. Thank you. Always. And you guys have just recently gone to two services up at Sunrise. We have. We're back. How's Full that? Full steam, it seems like. Awesome, man. Yeah, the Sunday nap is a little bit longer afterwards in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Missing more of the football games, but you know. Hey, football's over now, so That's by true. the fall, well, you'll not, be totally so, used to. For some to, of us, it's not over, Aaron. Okay, so, yeah, you know what? For it's been over fans, for me for over. years and years. So, <laughs> um, And we have um, one of our staffers, our youngest staffer, Miss mm-hmm. Daniela Van Norwick. Uh, she is our media assistant here and has some interesting perspectives to bring on the subject at hand today. So welcome, Danny Van. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Pete. All right. Wait, I have a question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do only returning podcast people get nicknames? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how, we'll see how you do today. The nicknames come when they I did come, not ask Danny. for that nickname. Mm, yeah, they just, okay. just kind of happen. I'll wait, I'll wait for my time. Yeah. Um, Bogey just kind of happened, and yeah. Superpowers is high on my list now. It's not going away, Adam. I just I want you to know that. I love it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Coach Powers was also a close second, which we got pre-podcast. Um, okay, so today we are talking about church membership. It's a hot-button topic, depending on who you ask, because some people like to take to the nth degree that the church isn't a building. It's a people. We're all the universal church. But today we're going to talk about a local church body, church membership. Um, how would you, Aaron, define church membership and what, what's kind of the overarching theme of what actually comes into the capsule that is church membership? I, I think it's important to not assume that anybody, I, I, I met with one of our members last night. He's like, just make sure on the podcast you never assume because, you know, I think it's easy to assume we, that. We all so, know what that means. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important not to assume that people understand the difference between the big C universal church and the small C local church. And so big C churches, all, all true believers of all time um, from old covenant to new who have trusted either looking forward to the cross or looking back to the cross in Jesus. And they're wrapped in as part of the church. The argument to be made that local churches, which I think we're more familiar with, you can be part of a local church and not actually be part of the universal church. Like, so you can go to church, sign the covenant, do, go through the process, and never have truly trusted Jesus and known Jesus. And conversely, the argument is made by many, and I would be one of those right from the jump, I'll, I'll let you know, that if you're part of the universal church, you should necessarily be part of a local, a local church. Um, that it's, it's very difficult to make the case that if you have truly trusted in Jesus, 
that you wouldn't be part of the of, of a local church. And so when we talk about the local church, I think uh, that's that's a very important distinction. Um, so the big C church is synonymous with Christians, the Christians elect. everywhere right. um, th- throughout the world. I mean, is there anything to add to that, Adam? Church universal, the church local. Yeah. Is some language or global and local is some language we use, but it goes back to the old ancient creeds about just making the distinctions between the universal and the individual congregation. So if you trust Jesus, you don't get an option to say, you know what? I don't think I want to be part of the universal church. You just are part of the universal church. If There's a legitimate faith in Jesus. When it comes to being part of a local church in the simplest terms, and I would, I would love to hear any other thoughts on this, but in the simplest terms for me, it means to be part of a local family. And so just like when I look at my family and there are authority structures within my family and there are responsibilities with my family and there are benefits to being part of the family. That's what it means to be part of a local church. That's what it means to be a member, to use Paul's language there in 1 Corinthians 12, a member of the local body is that you are now part of the family. And that's kind of what I wanted to get first from superpowers over here. (laughs) What what does it mean (laughs) to be a member of the local church? What comes along with that? You know, I don't want to say positives and negatives, but we'll say, what What are the responsibilities? What are the rewards? What What is it to look like? And what is it to be a member of the local church? We say a lot of things, I think, in answer to that question, what it looks like to be a member. But can I, can I make three answers to this question? I guess so. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> yeah. So theologically, we use the distinctions to talk about Jesus, that Jesus is the true prophet, true priest, and true king. Jesus is the head of the body. The body is his church. Since Jesus is prophet, priest, and king, I think we can truly then see a reflection of our life together in membership in our individual congregations in a prophet, priest, and king role. So prophet, we have the privilege of speaking God's word to one another. Priest, we have the great gift of coming alongside one another, praying for one another, standing in the gap for one another, doing what we need to when it's messy or at ease for the sake of our mutual faith in Christ. And King, something that's not often talked about, by being members of the same local congregation, you agree to have a true kind of authority in one another's lives. Like Jesus has authority over all the church. And so it's a covenant community that agrees to do life in a certain kind of way with one another. And that's all very flowery, wonderful language. But when mess and sin happens, it's really when the rubber meets the road. Are we going to live according to this? And are you willing to be called back by your brothers and sisters and to be spoken to in a loving but authoritative manner with the word. And uh, membership is immensely great in its blessings, but it's incredibly challenging in the cost that it brings to those members at times. Right. And I, I'm glad I let you do that answer. It was really good. Glad <laughs> yeah, we, we dude, did you come up with that? Or so. did you read that somewhere? That was really good, man. I feel like we should just end the podcast. I've never had an original thought my entire life. Okay. (laughs) Same here, man. Same here. So, and based on that, and I think that's true, there's challenges, there's rewards, it's a blessing. Danny, you're a college age student, right? Yes. Okay. So 
in your generation, which I still feel like I'm kind of a part of, even though I'm out of that. <laughs> You're doing way too old now, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but in your generation, do you feel like there is some kind of opposition or resistance to church membership mm-hmm. for people that are adults, whether they're living at home or not, whether they're away at college, but they're adults now and making this decision in church membership? Do you see any opposition or resistance to that? And why? Um, so, yes, I do see opposition. But I think most of the people like that I know, I mean, I went to a Christian high school, so most of them are churchgoers. I wouldn't necessarily, if I could speak, like see their individual walks with Christ. So I think most of the people my age do have an opposition to church membership because they just flat out like don't understand what it means. Like they think that going to church is just enough. So they wouldn't really see a need for church membership. And I think that's because like they don't really understand it. Um, I think when they think of church membership, I like how you're talking about family because we throw around the term like family member. But I think most people when they think of church membership, like a Costco membership or something, like not like a family membership. Like you that. get discounts and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I get it. for sure. Like a VIP club or something. But um, no, I just and think I, they don't understand like what that word member means. I think that's... It had become that. It has become that a For lot sure. of times, like a country club membership, uh, Costco membership. Like, what is this going to do for me? Like, what benefits does this bring to my life? And mm. and while part of that might be legitimate, it's more like a um, not in every way clearly, but it's more like a marriage covenant. For sure, um, we use that covenantal so language. Death, do here. you part? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That's why I said not in every way. But um, <laughs> but it's 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 not just a contractual agreement like you would sign up for at Costco, but it is a covenantal relationship where Mm -hmm. like when I stand at the altar and I pledge myself to my wife, I'm not just pledging myself to her, hopefully, because of what I'm going to get from the relationship, but also of how I'm going to serve her, of how I'm going to love her, strive to love her like Jesus loves the church. And it's the same way in a church, in in, in many respects, in a church, and I think you touch on something good, Danny, because I think that's not just for your generation. It's across generations, mm-hmm. this idea of, well, what's in it for me? I just don't see any point going to church is enough instead of the Lord has covenanted himself with us. Like He has given to us everything that we need. And in response, we worship um, through every avenue of life. And we would believe then that we're called into covenant membership together with other believers. And if, and by the way, if, if we have somebody listening to the podcast and you're like, where's the representative for the people who hate church membership, we would invite you reach out to us. Come on the podcast, <laughs> come on the podcast. Let's chat. Like we would love to do that. Yeah. Just, just so you know. So Danny, when did you become a member of building 28? Um, the last membership. So within class? a year ish. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So what made you make that decision and what has kind of been your feeling since doing so? Hmm. So if we have time for a story. Sure. Um, as long as it's good, like superpowers. Oh, yeah. Me and superpowers love stories. So we do. Okay. Yeah. We live in them. Well, once upon a time. Um, <laughs> the best that. way to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had never really had an opposition to church membership. My parents, I went to the same church with my parents since I was five till I was like 14, 15. And the only reason I really like disconnected from that church was because I didn't really feel like my church. It just felt like my parents' church. So I understood like growing up, my parents modeled like the importance of like church involvement and like not church hopping and stuff like that, obviously, because they were there for like 
majority of my life. Um, so I didn't have an opposition to church membership. I actually understood that it was extremely important, but because I understood it was important, I was kind of scared of mm-hmm. the commitment. So when I decided that there's nothing wrong with this church, I just never felt like I had like community there. So I'm not encouraging anybody listening to leave a church just because you don't have good friends, but I didn't really have like the choice, obviously, because I was five. Um, but so when I decided that I wanted to look for another church, um, I was just like kind of scared of committing to one. Like if I committed to one church, would I regret it in a year? Would I like find a better one? So I kind of went through a phase like for two years, maybe where I was just kind of going to events and meeting people, but never really getting plugged in, never actually being committed. So yeah. And then building 28, I have so many connections to building 28 and started going here and got an internship and membership just followed because I obviously felt that this was the place for me. And, and when I was looking for a church, when I was like 15 or something, I didn't exactly know what I believed like theology wise and, you know, so, but that was just kind of my personal journey Aaron, to it. What do you guys, you and superpowers think are some of them? I, I just love it so much, man. It's not going to stop. It's like my favorite it. nickname ever. And it just fits him here. so well, too. Because no he's just, oh, no he's so comment. super. He's Superman. He's awesome. He's so bright and cheery. Um, Jeff, we can work that out of the <laughs> podcast, right? It's going to be in way too much. <laughs> um, okay. So what do you guys think is some of the reasons that people have this opposition to church membership. You've, I'm sure you've spoken to people about it, talked about their concerns, experiences maybe they've had at other churches, besides just young people, because they may not have had as many problems with other churches or bouncing around or whatever it may be. But what are some of the big reasons? Mr. Powers, you seem like you had a revelation, so I'll I'll let you take it away. (laughs) I think the big reason underlying all the other reasons that people have given me why they don't want to become members of our congregation has to do with what we're all, we've all talked about so far. They're bringing to our congregation a consumeristic mindset. And they've got an idea of the church that looks honestly like something like a cruise ship. They, it's their choice to come on. It's their choice to get off. And on the ship, they choose where they want to go, where they want to eat, what excursion they want to do when they get to their destination, whatever it is, rather than viewing the church as something of a battleship where you come in after you've been enlisted, you're stuck at a station that's been assigned to you, you're trained. AKA children's ministry. AKA or nursery. (laughs) Uh, And you serve the greater cause that's bigger than yourself. And so to put that, I, I guess in a different way, the biggest objection I've seen is people coming in have a low view of the church, but I think deep down they understand if I become a member, that might cost me too much. Christianity that I live is on my terms. I'm not willing to give other people that kind of key to my life. I think that's what I've seen, that there's such a emphasis on the individual self of the person. They're, they're not willing to deny a lot of that. Anything to add? Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think that it plays into what Danny and Adam said, uh, Danny said, you know, not knowing 
necessarily commitment not issues. wanting not wanting yeah not wanting to like Basically. nail themselves down. I think I think we're dealing with that in our culture, especially mm-hmm. once Jen, if Big I time. can if I can say so in our context, the suburb context where um people rarely want to commit to anything. They don't want to commit to a long-term relationship a lot of times um, with someone. They don't want to commit to a church. They don't want to commit to a gym membership. That's why a lot of gyms now are like, it's just month by month. Like, just do whatever you want. Like, it's month by month. Everything. Uh, you know, everything. Internet, like, there's, phone, everything's yeah, going to be month to month. Yeah, it's not, and, you know, yeah, like, crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, So I think that that's, that's a big issue. Um, I think we're just living, um, and, and it always has been this way since the garden, but um, progressively, as civilizations grow along, they develop this mentality. It's an anarchist mentality of, I don't want anybody to rule over me. Um, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm my own master. I'm my own sovereign. I'm my own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't think that's just Gen Z or millennial generation. I think that, that you know, you go all the way back to the greatest generation and post-World War II, and, and that you see that. And oh, yeah. with all the, the generational tides that have happened where there's been an uptick in morality or a downswing in morality, still it's, it's I'm doing this, I'm being moral or I'm being immoral because it's what I want. It's what I feel is right. It's what I think is, is, is true. And, um, and so I think that's a big part of it right now is that you know many people, perhaps even listening or watching, are just going – like, this is not for me. We'll also hear, and I, I tend to think this is just an excuse. We'll hear, well, n- you never find in the Bible, you shall be a member of a local church. Well, hold on. You so, know? and I want to well, talk. If we're talking about excuses. You don't find like the that, word Trinity yeah. either. Well, I want to talk yeah. about in that context, and you can wrap that yeah. into your answer, but has, has there ever been a good argument made to you as to why somebody shouldn't be a member? Like maybe I'm not ready for membership or do you agree they're not ready for membership? Is there something that should disqualify you for as a member or something like that? Have you ever yeah. heard a legitimate argument where you would like, yeah, maybe you should wait and not be a member? Or whatever. So there's one really good argument for not being a member. Not a Christian. If you're not a Christian. Okay. If, if we can just be straight. So if you're not a Christian, you really shouldn't be a member of a local church. Like you should become a member of Jesus first, like of his, of his true church. Um, and if you have a good pastor, they'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would hope breaks. so. Um, you will hear people say, and I don't know, Danny, you might have heard this from from younger friends or older, but I'll hear people say, I just had a bad experience or my mm. parents had a bad experience, mm. you know? And so, and that's kind of akin to saying, you could use that for anything. You should say, well, my parents got divorced, so I'm never going to get married. And yeah. just because the yeah. failure yeah. Of, of a church or of a marriage or of a situation um, occurred, that does not mean that we should shirk responsibility specifically if it's called for in scripture. So I, I think the argument can be made quite easily that, that there's not a universal command for everybody to get married, but there is, I think, and we're going to get to it, a universal command that we're all a part of a local church. So just mm-hmm. because we've had a bad experience, Hey, I agree with, with anybody who's watching or listening who had a bad experience in the church, got burned by a church. Like, Hey, we're all messy. We we're all fallen. Like there's a lot of ill that happens in the church. Hopefully there's a lot of repentance and confession and saying things straight that happens as well. But I think that there it's it's really easy just to be like, hey, I had a bad experience a year ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, and so I'm never going to be part of a church yet. Or I know somebody who had a bad experience, and I don't think that's legitimate, especially when it comes to a command of Scripture to to be part of this, to be in submission to leaders, to be part of the whole. And I think that basically, so what you're saying is in the part of if you're not a Christian, don't become a member. If you're if you're looking at the membership explanation that most churches have, that Billing 28 has, if you come across something you totally disagree with, that's probably a good reason not to be a member of that church, right? Like, like 
ours says things like if you're living in unrepentant open a- absolutely. sin, you can't be a member of our church. And if you think that that's cool, whatever you're doing is fine, then probably shouldn't be a member. But outside of that and outside of actually having the conviction that you're not in agreement with, I don't know why you keep going to church here, but I guess that's a different discussion. But, um, and if you're not a Christian and you keep coming to church, great. You know, it's not the same thing. But if you disagree with the beliefs or the, you know, theological cornerstones of the church, then maybe it's not the best church for you. But outside of that, making up excuses why not to be a member, nobody's ever come up with something that you think is good biblically as to why they need to be a free bird and be able to go where they want to go and bounce around churches, whatever it may be. Yeah, our elders have been talking just this past week, um, because we just went through covenant renewal here where we renew covenant membership um, for the coming year. And I'll find out who's on board and who's still plugged in after a year like 2020. And what what we acknowledged, and you might have seen this up at Sunrise, Adam, is just how sad it is that theology has been has become such a. It's not even secondary. It's it's a minute issue for a lot of people. When we're scoping out a church that we want to be a part of or potentially link our lives with, theology is of the utmost importance. It's the number one most important thing. What does that church believe about God, about the scriptures? And now it's how is that church politically active, socially active? What mm. do, what do the leaders of that church believe? Be they conservative or liberal? Um, and and on and on. All the how, how is that church responding to COVID? And not to say that these things aren't important, but the most important thing, or even even the age old has been, hey, how's this church's music? music or yeah. how's this church's children's the ministry? The list is just getting longer. All, all these things, all these things are important. Church, right. But the most important thing is, do they get the gospel right? Like, yeah. are they right on the gospel? And there's a lot of churches, unfortunately. They're not. And if you're one of those pastors who's not getting it right, come on and talk to us on the podcast sometime. Um, but there's a lot of churches that are not getting it right, um, not not staying stru- true to Scripture. And that is the most important thing we're engaging in a church. What are some of the things, Danny, you looked for or what? Building 28, check the boxes, whatever it may be. I know you mentioned theology. What kind of came into play when you were making a membership decision for yourself? Um, yeah, so theology, like you said, I, w- I would say it was— of the utmost importance, if and I could what just about throw that? that out there. What about um, that? Like the, the theology that you learned, that, that you felt like it was correct theology when you checked it with the Bible? Like what about theology specifically connected you to Billing 28? Well, just like Aaron said, I feel like the most simple place, like if you're not sure about like, you know, all of the the disagreement points, like, you know, predestination and all that stuff, like do they get the gospel right? And obviously I agreed that Building 28 did and— you know, the sermons always pointed back to Jesus. It wasn't like anything self-help or anything like that. Um, yeah, and then I could just tell like from conversations with people that everyone kind of was united on the theology and nobody like was giving me like bad advice that was not like gospel-centered or anything like that. Um, yeah, and so the theology and then the community was incredible. Like I told Aaron and the staff group chat, <laughs> our staff little group chat we have, um, like when I first got hired, like this was family. Like I really do feel like I gained another family because they were just, I just knew that I had like 10 or 15 people that I could go to anytime. Like, and they would talk to me, they would pray for me, they would encourage me, they would build me up with scripture. And yeah, so that was just a very clear sign that this was the place that I was supposed to be. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Amen. Adam. Yes, sir. What can we look at in the Bible as a mandate? for church membership? Does it exist? If it does exist, where can we look? Where can we find it? And what can we learn from it? So Aaron said earlier, you'll never find a verse in the Old or New Testament that says, thou shall become a member of 
a congregation. But just like we don't find the word Trinity in the Bible either, we find the substance of the term present all over the place, even though the term is lacking. Same thing with church membership. So two, two places come to mind quickly to me. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says this. Whoever wrote Hebrews said Boy. this, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. That's huge for church members. For that would be of no advantage to you. So not only do we find directions given to those that are under leaders in submission to them, but we find the reason why we should be obedient and in submission to our leaders because leaders are the ones that are keeping watch over our souls, not just that, but because they're going to have to give an account to God for their souls at the end. And so just a broad question comes from this. I read this as a pastor and I say, okay, who am I going to have to give an account before God about their soul to? Every Christian. Everywhere. Every Christian in the world? Yeah. Or, which is daunting, and I would not sleep well if that was... It's ludicrous, too. It's crazy. Yeah. It Absolutely crazy. Sense, yeah. No way. So we can rule out that answer. Or is it the individual men, women, and children that have come into a covenant agreement, whether you want to call it membership or not, with our congregation to do life in this way under this group of elders... And this group of leaders, this pastor, for the sake of this purpose, that's something that I can handle and can rest assured about. So the idea of membership is here based on the fact that leaders have to give an account for a specific group of people. I do not have to give an account, therefore, as a pastor, for those that visit Sunrise Community Church, for those that attend regularly, but only for those that are members those are the ones I've got to give an account to God for. And the other one is in the, in, the, in the same vein. It's the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 28. This is Paul's counsel to the elders of the Ephesian church right before they start weeping and he's going to leave to go to Jerusalem. This is what he says. These are leaders of the church. Pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So there we could just very clearly ask, okay, these elders are to pay close attention to themselves, wonderful, and to all the flock. Question, who is the flock? Well, it's those people that the Holy Spirit made you an overseer of the church, the flock that God purchased with his own blood. So the father loves this group of people so much that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he has put overseers over them to nourish their souls. Again, the same questions come, who is the flock for this context? The, is it just the Ephesian church or is it all Christians everywhere? And we come back to the answer, it's just the Ephesians church here. And so we come back to the principle of church membership where the leaders uh, are put there by God to oversee and nourish the souls of the precious bride 
of Christ, the each and every individual Christian that comes to your congregation, that members there, the covenants there, that he purchased with his own blood. Defining who the flock is arrives at membership. I mean, I think if you look to old and new, like you see the apostles, you see prophets numbering the people often, like making lists of the people under the chair. Um, so I, I don't think the the argument of, well, you don't see like a name being added to a line can be made. I think that mm-hmm. it's it's pretty clear from Acts 2 specifically moving forward that there were they that numbers made a big deal were were a big deal to the church. Um these were converts, these were souls that were saved. You know, I also I remember Man, gee, it's probably over 15 years ago, which was before I was married. I was living with a roommate up in Pensacola, and he was kind of an anarchist, right-wing conspiracy theorist. Love those people, by the way. And um, But he did not want to be under anybody's care, anybody's control. And he came home one day super excited because he had gotten this book that had recently been published called Love Jesus, Hate Church. I don't know if you remember that, but that book. And so he was so excited because he's like, this is me. I love Jesus, but I just can't stand the church. And as I remember thinking to myself, and I wasn't married at the time, but I'm like, that would be like me in a sense being like, hey, Adam, love you, bro. Can't stand Holly. Like just, ugh, mm. you know, she's just so, so annoying, so, so rude. Like what? A, like that's just so. Immediately like, Jesus, puts us at odds with one another. Yeah. Jesus yeah. gave himself for the bride. Yeah, like he, yeah. this is, this is a blemished, unblemished church. Um yeah. And might get you a blemish on your face, you say. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I just thought, and, and not only not only is that such an insult to Christ, but it's mm. so foreign to church history and the book of Acts. You never saw that mentality. You just never saw it, even during the Reformation, when Luther and Calvin are making very radical biblical claims against the church and other reformers. They still considered themselves part of the church. They still yeah. submitted themselves yeah. to leadership. There was never this anarchist mentality within any healthy branch of Christianity that I can be a part of Jesus and not be part of the church. And so, as a matter of fact, conversely, it was true that when someone trusted Christ, they were added to the assembly. Like they were added to the family of believers. And so for anybody listening who's like, I just, I just don't buy it, because I know there are lots of people out there who don't buy it, who don't want to be part of a church. I would really encourage you, if if you love Jesus, which I'm sure you do, to legitimately to set aside prejudices or past experiences and legitimately search the scriptures and ask, is there a, is, is there a legit reason why I'm refusing to come under leadership, to covenant with the church? Also, Piper makes a good point, which he often does, right? Yep. I think he actually wrote Hebrews. Um, but, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, kidding. He would turn red if you said that. He'd be embarrassed <laughs> he would be red out. with fury. <laughs> yeah. Denounced me forever. Exactly. <laughs> um, but he made the point that a lot of people don't want you. You read First Corinthians, and it's clear that a man is put out of the church, and a lot of people don't want to be a part of something because they don't want the option of ever being put out of something. They don't right. want to be, be mm. the option of being excommunicated from something. They don't want somebody to have that power over them or that leadership or authority over them. And I think that's a very interesting point as well, especially looking at the cultural context in which we find ourselves right now, that um, my liberties are the most important thing to me, my rights are the most important thing to me. And Therefore, I don't want anybody over me, be they politician or pastor, who can in any way shape or inform how I ought to live my life. Like I'm my own master once again. And so th- those are the things I would bring to the fore in conjunction with the, the things that Danny's talked about is being under. It's not only that your soul is fed theologically, but you're under a theological protection of the local church 
when you're a member there. You have community, you have family, you have people who can fulfill the 59 one another's of scripture formally mm -hmm. together to love one another and encourage one another and build each other up and edify each other, things like that. There's just so many biblical reasons to be a part of, we would say covenanted with, which is that biblical language, a local church. Um, and it does not seem outside of, like you mentioned earlier, Pete, hey, I don't agree with the theology of this church, okay? You don't agree with that. That does not exempt you from joining with another church. Right, you should exactly. be part of a church, maybe just not that one. Right. And I think that speaking as a member, not a pastor, elder, like you and superpowers, church membership has so many blessings and benefits and it strengthens your walk and your faith so much in ways that you would never even see coming. So when I was in college... Um, and joined a church that was a church plant, kind of like Building 28. Um, loved it. It was awesome. But I basically just went. I was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. You're a barnacle on the bottom of the boat. <sighs> it was a pretty small church, so I was probably just more than that. Hitching on for a ride. My butt in the seats and uh, $12 tithe every week was, I think, really helping them push forward. But Is that what um, you made at Smoothie King? What? <laughs> Planet Smoothie. The Get Planet right, Smoothie. Okay? My bad. Planet Smoothie. The, <laughs> the best of all smoothie places where I met my wife. Um, it's the greatest place on earth, still the best job I ever had. But so, <laughs> so when I was going to church there, it was great. I was kind of getting to make some decisions on my own. My, the, my faith was becoming my own. Then when we got married and Whitney started working at a Christian school, we had to be members of a Baptist church that was aligned with the school. So that to me automatically, cause I don't like to be forced to do stuff, you know, automatically I was kind of tiffed at it, whatever. But we were adults. We were married. I was in law school. She was teaching there and we got plugged in with a great group. And for the first time, I felt like we were serving the church or I was serving the church as a member. And I, I learned so much about responsibility and the good that can come from showing up and doing what needed to be done and volunteering for things that I didn't have to do. It would have been easy for me just to not say anything, but we volunteered. We went every Sunday. We went to all the home group stuff. We went to all the parties and we were able to plug in, learn so much, help so many people and have so many people help us that it felt like a church family like I had never had before. You know, like it really did. We went to the same church growing up. My family did for 25 years. You know, we went to the same church, same thing. Um, I have a lot of friends there still. But this was just different. When you become a member of a church and you're putting your stamp on it, signing your name at the bottom dotted line, even though I didn't necessarily even agree with everything in this church, I would have probably not chosen this church specifically for us at that time. That's where God had us. It was clear. Um, it was the best job for Whitney. It was an awesome three years while we were there, which I knew it was going to be three years, which is why I didn't struggle through too much of the theological differences. But we learned so much being a part of that body um, and then when we came here looking for a church, we were so much more interested in important things like church membership and where we can get plugged in and where it was like a family, where we could serve, how we can be used. And it's so awesome to feel that way and learning from my perspective, which is difficult, which is submission to another authority, right? Yeah. So not just submitting to God, not just submitting to judges when I'm in a courtroom, not just submitting to a boss, but actually thinking about submitting to pastors and elders, which I had never really had that mindset before Building 28, which I think does a really good job of explaining it, what it looks like, what it means. And, you know, that is a really cool aspect as well, because you're sure. submitting to these people. You look at them when we have new elders and we've had conversations about elders and we talk about whether they're qualified, should or shouldn't be an elder. And you can think about that as a member because I am deciding to submit to them. So we get a new elder, I'm submitting to them now. 
You yeah. know, I have to look at them with a, in a certain way and I take that seriously and it's important. And I think building 28 teaches us to do that. Um, and I think that's really important. I think that's something people should think about. And that's why, do you think you as pastors, then I want to get to Danny kind of how she feels, think about your answer and what you feel like you've strengthened or been strengthened by your church membership here at building 28. Cause we're going to get to that next. Do you think there's an issue with people knowing what church membership is, um, understanding what it actually looks like? when they make that decision, helping them along the road to make that decision to become a member of a local church? Absolutely. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, Danny said there, there was a, there's yeah. an ignorance that exists yeah. in the younger generation. You I think in all gener I, I think the only way you fix everything, like we've talked about on other podcasts with other subjects, there has to be an education that goes on. Yeah. And, and the congregant, if I, for lack of a better word, the, the person attending the church or becoming a member or wanting to become a member of Stroping Out has to be willing to put themselves under that that education like they they can't just be like well, i just don't believe this and so because every time we do a membership class i'll be like if you even if you don't want to be a member you just have questions about why we do this come out and check it out and i get it there's a commitment and once again we're living in a day where we don't want to submit our time to anybody or yeah. um yeah. you know a couple of things i would i would just say we, we're having a podcast coming up that's going to be um on the subject of i hate my church now what um that's and and i think i think it's really easy in a day where um, memberships and even covenants are very easily broken, uh, like the covenant of marriage, for example. It's really easy just to uproot from a church that you have a little tiff with, disagreement over, and remove yourself to what people don't realize it to their own spiritual harm. Now, not, I'm not talking about a heretical church. I'm not talking, but oftentimes, if you're part of any church for more than five minutes, you're going to come in contact with sinners. Like you just are. And so you're going to get offended. You're going to offend other people. There's going to be a, 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 a possibility, you don't like. a possibility for bitterness to set in. Sure. And you have to repent to those things and you have to denounce those things. And, and we have to continue to rely upon grace and, and preach the gospel to ourselves as well as others. And so I would encourage anybody, Hey, if you're part of a church, that you're you're struggling through this. Don't pull the cord so quickly and just uproot. Like Danny Van, I <laughs> I can respect that. That when she said it was instilled in her from a young age, not just church hop, and that goes on so much today. I'm just going kind of that consumer mentality is I'm gonna go here because it's got good teaching, but next thing I'm gonna go here because the music's great, and next thing I'm gonna go here because my kids really like that. Like and, dating and never arriving in marriage. Yeah, in a sense, mm -hmm. and you're yeah. missing out on all the beauties of marriage. Is there work in marriage? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, is yeah. it tough? Sure. But there's a lot of beauties of similar beauties. I mean, it's why marriage is a great metaphor in scripture, but the, the intimacy, we talk about community in local church, um, the instruction, the care, the protection, all kinds of stuff that goes on. Sanctification. There so many things that go on in marriage can be contrived to, mm -hmm. as an understanding of what church membership is in this covenantal union. So, so one, I thought you were playing the piano over there, man. You, oh, finger, you got sorry. the superpower fingers going all over. Your <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> no, so love that. Uh, one context matters. I think where your congregation is, what what city you're in. Sure. Um, Sunrise is up in Pasco. It's a very conservative, very patriotic group. We tend to, or I tend to have an answer that kind of butts against that when people ask about membership. And so I try to remind people in a really kind and compassionate manner, because this can come across in a way that's just like, what? Um, when you come in these doors, you have to leave your patriotism behind, your American values behind. You're not walking into a place that is a democracy. Not saying that I'm the king, 
but saying this is a dictatorship. An, yeah, right. No way. <laughs> this is an outpost of the King of Kings. Yeah. We are a divine monarchy here where we do not all get our own way. We follow the king. You got to leave your proud individualistic streak behind coming here. We're in a sense an embassy of heaven, not under the rules of democratic America. And at least for our context, yeah. uh, Second Amendment folks, um, that rings very, very loudly, I think, and sure. helps kind of remind people what's what's going on. And then it pr provides a wonderful segue into the purpose of why we exist. We're an embassy of heaven. Yeah. You know, so amen. So Danny, how do you feel like church membership, membership has strengthened your walk? Um, so... I really liked what you were saying about, um, like, the commitment. Like, and how I said it felt like a family. You said it felt like a family. Um, but also, like, within the family, like, you might not get along with someone specifically or you might not love this person that you go to church with. But because I'm committed to the church and because that person is committed to the church, there's, like, an unspoken or maybe even sometimes spoken like level of commitment to one another. So I'm not worried about like, you know, if this person is gonna, I mean, there are some <laughs> bad church members that may talk bad about you or whatever, but for the most part, like I know that I can count on these people, like I said, to um, build me up, but also just to like be there for me, like what you're saying, like, um, like being able to serve them and then have them serve you too when your time comes and when you're in need. You so have just a like, band of brothers and sisters. Yeah, that assurance is just with, right. And I think the mission component can't be missed either. Is that mm. to, to Adam, we're battleship embassy. Like this imagery is yes, community, family. Like we have that. Danielle and I have that. It's easy. I, you know, and Adam, you probably read the research as well. How many pastors feel isolated and alone and like they don't? We have that here. I'm, I know yeah. you have that at sunrise. Like, and that's huge. Um, and we have the gospel here that reminds us all the time of how jacked up we are and how much need of grace we are yeah. and how much we have that grace. But we also have a purpose. We're not just existing here as a family. We have a purpose that we're fulfilling. And, and you know, Lewis has this great – he has a lot of great stuff. Piper's almost as good as Lewis. But um, he, he talks about how true friendship and partnership is formed um, with the words – and we might have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but the words, uh, you too, I thought I was the only one. And it's the idea of friendship is formed over a commonality of mission and purpose. He said, friendship is not face-to-face. -face. Oftentimes, you meet somebody who's like, be my friend, be my friend, be my friend. That's just weird. But if you meet somebody, <laughs> friendship, true friendship is formed side-to-side, -side, he says. Yeah. And in the local church, it's the same way. Like when we link arms, not just as family, not just as gospel-centered family, but as gospel-centered family on mission to see the kingdom of God rolled out in the world, there is a unity and a camaraderie that comes with that. And if you've ever been part of something greater than yourself, like the military, for example, you understand that, that there's, there's a mission to accomplish and there's a brotherhood, sisterhood that comes into that, that makes it all the more sweeter and, and stronger. So. So I, I think that's a good encouragement to anybody that's on the fence or maybe opposed to, or scared of church membership. Adam, do you have anything to add to that person that may be watching this thinking, I'm afraid of the commitment. I'm afraid of the submission. Um, I'm afraid of the work that I know is coming because I think that is, yeah. you know, Aaron, 
makes jokes sometimes. But he's like, if you're a member, you better be in a home group. If you're a member, we need help in childcare. If you're jokes? a member, well, not jokes, but I'm saying he he Calls. makes a joke saying, well, if you're a member, you got to be doing this. You know, when in reality you should, and it does come with responsibility. It does come with things that you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to force yourself to do maybe at first, and you'll realize the blessings and benefits later, or you might not like that specific task you volunteer for, and you can try something else. But what can you? What do you have to add that can be an encouragement to that person that's not sure if they want to take the plunge? I think we would be wrong if we didn't first uh, sympathize with their worry and their perhaps fear. Uh, it's understandable. But then the encouragement comes. Everything that God desires for you in life is outside of your comfort zone. Uh, you want to live there forever? All, Get out all of growth it. in life is outside yeah. of your comfort I mean, All growth. Like Jeffrey joined the gym two weeks ago. You guys can't see him, but he's swollen now. You just haven't seen the growth Swole. yet. <laughs> so I, I would want to come alongside that person in a sympathetic manner and remind them that everything that they desire is outside their comfort zone and yeah. that stop protecting yourself from the very thing that would do you the most good. Mm -hmm. And perhaps just remember what we've all talked about using the family terms. If God is your father, the church will be your mother. Yeah. Something like is that. Is that Augustine? Cyprian said it first. Oh, yeah. Before But that's him. a great, I think that's a great, you know, even people that might not have fathers and mothers, just the nurturing thought and the love yeah. and the guidance you, find many fathers you get from your mother. And yeah. many mothers and brothers and sisters. And right. I think, I think it was a, at least Augustine is attributed with saying you cannot have the have God as father who does not have church as mother. And yeah. and I think the Reformation we talked about before, there was a little bit of reaction that happened there. And I think one of the negative things, unfortunately, and the reformers never intended this, is that the church, like you said earlier, we lost a robust understanding of the church. We yeah. lost this idea that the yeah. church is the the buttress and shield of the truth. Like yeah. the, the church is actually who determines, hey, this person's profession is legitimate in yep. Jesus. And so the idea of I'm going to be an anarchist and I'm not going to be part of a church, but I'm a part of Jesus is just not biblical or historical. It's what Christian that. wouldn't want to find their mother? They had their father. Amen. Hey, hey, Absolutely, bro. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's, that's it for it. today. Danny, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm we are glad to have you in membership here at Building Twenty, part of the fam. Oh, we are. Yeah, I'm so yeah, glad to know that. Awesome. <laughs> Superpowers. My Good man. To be here. <laughs> so Good excited, to be here. man. Y'all are nuts. So, throw the head. Come up with a new name. <laughs> <laughs> he called us cheeky. I read a blog. He was listening. We're his, cheeky. I did. His top oh, podcast. We have a wait, 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 like number We're three cheeky. on this podcast list. And he said they're cheeky? Che they're cheeky with each okay. other. Can get cheeky. I, I, I like that's a very uh, British way of saying yeah. things. But uh, thanks for tuning that's in. Cool. Until next time. That's it. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about the show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.